right, Mom. Do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> you, you can't. You s <laughs> Your name is Mom. I'm Mom. <clears throat> what do you want me to say? Just introduce yourself. You can say your name. Glenda. <laughs> okay. Mom hates this. Um, didn't know it was going to... Didn't know she hated it this much. Um, okay, so test, test. Test, test. Do you want to say a sentence? Say a sentence. Okay. Okay, test, test. Test, test. Say a sentence. Okay, Dad. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Jillian's mom's first husband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can go with that. Good job. Dad doesn't have any social media. None. Zero. Maybe a LinkedIn page from 15 you years ago. You do have a really old LinkedIn page. It doesn't even have your picture on it. Right. And I think you accidentally made two. Probably. Or there's another William Randolph Hobbs who went to UT and works where you work. That might be true. I think you made two. <laughs> okay, so, well, I wanted you to be on the podcast. Well, you and Dad both, but mainly you because you're pretty well informed of my dating escapades and a lot of the horror stories and... Yep. Uh, ride the roller coaster, as you say. Um, and it's been a long time since you've met one of them because what don't you like to do? Pet the puppies. <laughs> don't like to meet the puppies. Don't like to meet the puppies because it's like when you go to a shelter or, you know, see the box of puppies and you can't take them home. That's mom's comparison to the guys. So it's been a long time since I've brought a puppy home. That's true. Which is good. Um, but because I, I guess I started going to you and dad for dating advice. Um, and it's kind of more just turned to venting and you guys repeating over and over that it's not me. It's just dudes today. Yes. So I guess we can talk about why I go to you and dad. Because you guys have set a pretty high standard for a relationship. Everyone would say that. My friends who know you, I think everyone in our family, all of our cousins, they've said that you guys have set a pretty high standard. So it's not just me being partial, impartial? Partial. Partial. So um, how long have you guys been married? We just did the math. <laughs> our 34th year this year in October. Yep. October 25th. Mm-hmm. What's dad's lock screen? His code? Our anniversary. What's your lock screen? My birthday. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so you guys got married then in 1986. Correct. And while we're talking about that, I grew up hearing how you guys got engaged on your 21st birthday. Yes. Which we will talk about that proposal because it's pretty funny. Um, got engaged on your 21st birthday. But then we're engaged, waiting for dad to get a job, and then the actual planning the wedding happened pretty quick. Yes. I know you want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's see. He was still in college, so we had to wait till he graduated, and he graduated in December at 85. And 
it was a recession. So getting jobs was hard. So he came back home thinking in the Northern Virginia area, thinking he could get a job pretty quick with his engineering degree, but he couldn't. Or the jobs he did get or, you know, the job offers were low pay. Mm -hmm. So um, it took a long time. And also his mother was sick. She got really sick. So he was kind of taking care of her too. But Was that after a surgery or was she sick? She, well, she got sick and had surgery and so oh, wow. he helped her. Um, or he was there. So anyway, um, what are we talking about? He came back from college. So, well, I guess we should also touch on he went to college out of state. Correct. So you were living in Virginia. You both grew up in Virginia, but he was going to school at the University of Tennessee. Yes. So he came back from Tennessee to Virginia, December 1985, when he graduated. Job offers weren't great. Mammy was sick. Right. So he finally got a job, I think, in July or August. Oh, wow. Um, and so it we had kept we kept postponing it, and back then we well we didn't, but we we weren't planning a big wedding. It was a small church reception in the church. We were just getting married. We weren't all about the wedding, <clears throat> so we decided we kept postponing it until he got a job, and then we decided once he got a job, we would go okay, let's get married in six weeks. <laughs> so you know there was no time for a big wedding. So, or eight weeks, something like that. So that's, um, that's what we did. It was quick, and it worked, and yeah. it was, it still works. Yeah. And what were his suit alterations? Cause, oh, no, so, no, no, no. He, no, because he rented a tux, so he all, he, he just went out and rented the tux. I was the one who had to have the alterations on my dress. When I bought it, it was too big. And this was, I want to say January, February maybe. Mm -hmm. And originally we thought we were going to get married in March, and that didn't happen. And then June, and then that didn't. And then we're like, okay, let's just wait till you get a job. So all this time, he he's staying at his mom's, and she cooks. She cooks, and you have to have seconds, and you have to have desserts, and yeah. So, he graduated, and by the time he we got married, uh, what what eight months, ten months later, mm-hmm. yeah, he had gained like forty pounds, no, fifty pounds, <laughs> and I had gained to where I had to have my dress altered to add a piece. So I wasn't <laughs> happy, but yeah, that's what happened. Thank you, Shirley. <laughs> Um, okay, so then you got married in October, and the proposal on your 21st birthday, so that was in... December. December 1985? Yes. Okay, so he graduated and proposed in the same month. Okay, how'd that play out? No, maybe it was the next month. I don't know. You got married on your birthday. I mean... I didn't get you married got, on you got, you got engaged. Yeah. At least that's but, your memory. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, so... Right. So I was going over to his parents' house because that's where he was. Um, and I brought my younger brother, Bernard, with me because 
I don't know. What we, we were just picking Randy up, I think. that's That was what I think was the deal. And he was trying to figure out a way to give me the ring that would be rememberable. Um, but I, I don't know all that. You have to ask him all that. But anyway, he... <laughs> When we went in the front door, someone let someone let us in the front door. He went out the back door and he put the ring. I had a bench seat in my car. And he put the ring on the seat in the car. And it was a two-door car. It was a Ford Fairmont. Really pretty. No air conditioning. Vinyl seats. Life. It was bad. Anyway, so when we went to leave... He didn't know Bernard was with me. So when we went to leave, we had to let him in. And of course, he sees the seat, he sees the ring box there, and, he, and he's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> he opens it up, and he's like, oops. So I wasn't really paying attention. And then Randy's like, you you wanna marry me? Will you marry me? And I'm like, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't even see it then. So yeah, that was how I got proposed to him. And wasn't dad mad? Yeah, he's mad. He's mad, but just because, you know, it wasn't rememberable. It she, is, but it wasn't, like, romantic, I guess. Well, and he and Ian are like that. They kind of tend to put pressure on some stuff. But you call him Bernard. I call him Uncle Stevie. Mm-hmm. If you were 21, he was, what, what 16? Mm-hmm. So he was a teenager. Yeah, I was probably letting him drive. Okay. And taking him out. That's probably... I'm going to let him do that. Drive my car. And so he ruined it. Well, I mean, it happened, but it wasn't, I guess, what Randy had in his head. Well, I think that's a funny story. Yeah. I mean, it it, it didn't bother me. It, it didn't bother me then, and it doesn't bother me now. It just happened. I think it makes for a better story. Yeah. It's interesting. Stuff like that. When it kind of doesn't go according to plan, I think it's funnier. Um, I had mom tell her side of how you proposed. Mm-hmm. So do you remember? I don't that? remember too much about that. I just, I remember that I had struggled with how do I present the ring mm-hmm. uh, all the way to the point where one of my ideas that I had to abandon at the last minute was I was going to put it in a, a I cracked a walnut and hollowed it out and I was going to glue the walnut back together after I put the ring in it and then be with her when we were cracking the nuts and just enjoying a a quiet moment. But then I got to thinking, well, what happens if it gets smashed? And so uh, I abandoned it at the last minute because there wasn't a guarantee that it could be delivered. Mm -hmm. And so I had to come up with something at the last minute and I didn't know what. So I placed the ring after she got out of her car. I placed the ring in the driver's seat so that she'd see it when she, when we got back in the car to go back over to her house. Mm-hmm. And we were over at uh, my parents' house, your grandparents at the time. So then we got, we were heading back to the car, and I was nervous and excited. And her brother was with us, so he reached in the car and said, "What is this?" <laughs> And she had a ring. But uh, I don't remember, I just remember asking her, will you marry me? But it, was, it wasn't the delivery that I was hoping for. I was hoping for a little bit, something a little bit special. But I had 
abandoned uh, or I just tried to come up with something at the last minute Mm -hmm. since I abandoned the walnut ring in the walnut. Mm -hmm. But one of the interesting parts that I liked was as we were pulling back into her driveway, right at the end of her driveway at her house, her mom was leaving to go someplace and your your mom took her finger and showed it out the window to her mom and and your grandma said uh said oh we got you now (laughs) (laughs) and that kind of made me feel good oh so yeah i was saying how grandma and granddad liked you Mm -hmm. yeah which is which is good yeah it made it 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 made for an easy marriage yeah Mm -hmm. and so you guys have been married how long you're 33 not wait oh yeah no that's right it'll be 30 It'll be 34. <laughs> yeah, I was ready to correct you. Um, and I, I made mom say, so what's your lock code on your phone? Our anniversary. Mom's? Her birthday. I know. That cracks me up. That's so funny to me. That just shows, mom, you said, like, you're the romantic one, the one mm-hmm. with, you know. Yeah, I never flowers. paid any attention to that before, but you, you were the one that pointed out that, uh, my codes were about us, and yeah. her code is about her. Yep. <laughs> I did. I pointed that out really quickly as soon as I probably unlocked both your phones at the same mm-hmm. day. Um, okay, so how did you meet? We met in high school in the cafeteria. I was 15. I was, I was a freshman. He was a senior. And it was spring, almost spring maybe. And I was eating lunch in the cafeteria at a table with, well, I wasn't eating lunch because back then you didn't eat, Um, but I was sitting in the cafeteria with my friend, and he walked by, and she knew him, I think, because she had older siblings in the school. So he stopped to talk to her, and I was shy, at least that's what we called it back then. So I just said hi, and he was, you know, really cute. And he had on, it was Thursday, because on Thursdays, for some reason, he and some of the seniors would wear overalls and a t-shirt and a tie. Hmm. And so he had this, you know, bib to overalls, and there was, I couldn't read his shirt, so, you know, like, <laughs> what's your shirt say? So, instead of just telling me, he starts unhooking the, the snaps, and he starts doing da 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 So, yes, I instantly, you know, turned red and was mortified because he was loud and you know but that's what he wanted and it was it said bull shirt but yeah all of that so that's how I met him yeah what I asked mom was about how you guys met so I would love to hear your version of that story Mm, my Mm -hmm. okay well I took my first paycheck ever and went to the bank and got one dollar bills and went to a strip club and met mom. Oh, okay. I knew that's what would happen when I said your version. <laughs> no. The, your viewpoint of how you actually met. We met through a mutual friend, introduced us at a high, in a high school cafeteria. And that's how I met your mom. Yeah, but what happened? Well, I had on... Uh, we had started something as uh, seniors in high school. I was a senior and your mom was a young freshman. 
and we had started something as seniors where we would wear bibbed overalls every now and then. And I had a shirt that said something underneath the bibbed overalls and your mom was very sweet, very pretty, and was making conversation and asked me what my shirt said. So, me being the ultra shy guy that I was and am, I started stripping there in the cafeteria. And I was going, bum, bum, bum. And I threw one shoulder strap off and then another one. And by this time, your mom turned the prettiest shade of red I've ever seen. Oh, and and that's, so what I, that's what I liked. Because she was so shy. She was, she was very shy, and I don't think she anticipated me to ever do a strip right there in front of everybody. But I only took it off so that she could read what the shirt said. And it said? Bull shirt. <laughs> that's pretty funny. You get written up if you wear that now. Yes. To school. Yeah. But how did I tell my third grade teacher you met? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you you told, you and Ian told your teachers, or you did anyway, that we met at a pie eating contest. He had entered a pie eating contest and I was the prize and I jumped out of a cake. And yes, so... I don't know where you got that from. And I I told Randy, you're going to have to go down there and tell them that's not true. And he's like, why? I think it's funny. And I was embarrassed um, to ever see your teachers again. But I got over it. But it was, and, and Ian, the whole thing, Ian's like, what, what were you... What were you standing on? How did you bounce out of the cake, Mom? That was his thing. And Jelly's like, Mom, what'd you have on? What were you wearing? You? I'm like, this never happened. So I can't answer. But yeah, so. I had to have gotten the idea from somewhere. I mean, I was like eight. Yeah, well, it was, it was funny. It was much more interesting than our story, so. I don't think, I mean, it is interesting. It makes you guys sound like you were hanging out in a strip club but <laughs> or carnies or something yeah. <laughs> we worked uh, at a carnival <laughs> but the i think it's funny the dad like hummed the like burlesque oh yeah song yes he doesn't get embarrassed he has lots of confidence yes and embarrassing people making people laugh is his thing okay um but then how I told my third grade teacher a different story of how you met, which what? I will not take responsibility for creating that narrative. No. I, there no. is no way an eight-year-old No, your, your mom's up. probably responsible for it, <laughs> even though she denies it. She does deny it. <laughs> what was that story? <laughs> well, it's I don't remember it, but just from what you all have said. And I remember, I remember Miss Hallett or us finding out about it mom finding out about it and not being too happy but it would it falls in line with right what your mom would say to y'all to just chit chat <laughs> just make it up just make it up and i repeated it mm -hmm. <laughs> and your mom told me she said you're gonna have to go to school and straighten us out and i said no i like the story <laughs> I, I was willing to go with it <laughs> Yeah, you won a pie eating contest and got a cake. That's right. <laughs> Your prize was a cake. 
With mom in it. With mom jumping out of it. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I legitimately stand by. I could not have come up with that at eight years old. I mean, no, we didn't watch that kind of nope. TV. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't have those kind of things. So it had to be, come from somewhere. <laughs> I heard it somewhere. Yeah, you didn't have the books. You didn't have anything. So no, I didn't have inappropriate. But it material. still makes it still makes me smile. I think it's hilarious that I told my third grade teacher for whatever reason. I wish I could have been there to see Miss Howitt just start smiling. <laughs> she she was probably like, that's the 50-50 shot of it. It's true. I mean, I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. Probably because I also probably delivered it with a lot of confidence. Right. <laughs> so, but. Uh, okay. So do you remember how you started dating? I've always just heard how you met and then like while you were dating. Well, since we went to the same high school, I would, <laughs> I don't, it was like, it had a center to it. So it was a ring that there were classes in and then there was a hallway and then classes on the outskirts and on some parts there were lockers. So. You would kind of walk around there before or in between class, whenever, before lunch. And and I remember him standing in the hall, and I'd pass him and smile, you know. And he finally asked me out, I think. Do you remember what you did? Well, we... He came over to the house because Mom wasn't going to let me date an 18-year-old. Fair. Yeah, so... She said, no, he can come over here. So he came over, and he made a good impression because he's, you know, he talked to them, and he was polite. But she said, yeah, still, you're you're not going out on a date unless it's a double date. Okay. So we tried to double date with my best friend and some of his friends. And I think we did once, but then mostly he came over. And then I guess after a while, Mom allowed us to go out. Well, she really liked him. Yeah, she did. She still does. Yeah. Both grandma and granddad really mm-hmm. like him. Um, okay. So, I know we've talked, and I haven't shared, well, we haven't shared a whole lot about how he said, like, you guys are up on a pedestal. But I guess we could a little bit, like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean by that? Just, like, an example of a good relationship, like a healthy relationship, like... You guys don't fight in public. You've definitely figured out how to communicate, like how when the other one's getting mad. And I think a big thing I've learned from you guys is pick your battles because you don't have to win every single one. But you also everything exactly everything isn't a battle, and there is compromise. Like you can't be the one always giving in, but you also can't always be the one to win. Right. But I think mostly, yeah, not everything is a battle. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just learn to adapt and, and grow and together. You have to grow together or you grow apart. So, and becoming a couple is, is hard because both of you want which each of you want and you both come into it having an idea mm-hmm. of what marriage is and what it means and usually it's not the same thing and I came from a house 
well, we, there were six kids, but we always had people staying and visiting, and so there was always someone at my house. So after work, after school, I, you know, someone was there. So my problem <clears throat> um, when we first got married is I was lonely um, because he he had to travel into D.C., and so he would leave like 5.30 in the morning, didn't get home till 7.30, and my job was 20 minutes away, so I was home alone. And then we were busy on the weekends, you know, going to the bank, you know, Friday night and doing mm -hmm. things you had to do on the weekend because, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't debit cards and, you know, you had to actually cash your check and figure out what you needed because if you didn't get your cash, you didn't get it on the weekend. <laughs> so, and we, you know, we had a budget, so um, did that. And then anything for cars or whatever and the visiting people and laundry and it was, we were busy it wasn't this idea well the idea was oh we spend every moment it's going to be like date every day and it's not because <laughs> it's life mm -hmm. okay well i know that we've talked about the love languages before and you guys have different love languages. Do you remember when we used to talk about that? Yeah, but I never read it. And Well, <laughs> I, I know you tell me what mine is, but yeah. Because I got you to take the test, but I also kind of figured out. Yours is definitely acts of service, among other things. But I think that's your number one. Just like mine is words of affirmation. And I would say daddy's is gifts. Because he's a very thoughtful. Mm -hmm. He's the romantic one. Yeah. He writes poems in my cards, or he makes my cards, and he—he's and he's—he's he's good at it. He's better at it than I am, and yeah. Well, he built you a couch. Yes, he did. Had an H on the side. Of course, that was the style, but I always thought it was on purpose. We were dating then. So he was how old when he built a couch that we still know. have? He was. It was before we got married. So So he was twenty four. Wow. Did he did you know he was building you a couch? Um, I think so. I didn't know he was going to, but after he did, he kind of told me. I went over there and he was working on it. So he he built it from my, my bedroom because I didn't have I only had one chair and no furniture in there. You know, a little bed, but and it was a pretty big room, so he built it for me. Yeah. I can't even get a guy to text me back more than one day in a row, let alone build me furniture. Well, yeah. But, um, yeah, Mom was saying you're the romantic one, which you are. You, you mm -hmm. do romantic gestures, but a lot yeah. of little stuff, too. Yeah. How you built a couch. Yes. Yeah, before, before we were married, I worked in a lumber yard and had access to the millwork equipment and table saws and sanders and band saws and a bunch of equipment. And after hours at work, I built uh, what eventually became known as uh, this way up furniture. Hmm. And it's cause it looks like a crate, but it, it's built out of one by four pine boards and it sounds cheap, but it's, it's still in there. I, I didn't do a great up. job at joinery, but uh, 
it's still together and mom mom seemed to like it made made her a wooden couch yeah and it has cushions on it yes did you make the cushions the well i guess the original cushions um no i think mom got them some they might have i don't somebody got us uh this end up or this way up cushions okay i think so you were you made it off of a design uh there was it it was our design at at the time Uh, me and another guy were making them i had seen one in a store and i i figured out how to make it and so um just set out to make them and did it so and we still have it yes we did it's pretty cool yes but I I say, you know, you built her a couch when you were dating and I can't get a guy to text me back <laughs> more than a day in a row. Well, you can't compare us. I, I got lucky with your mom. That's all. Aw, that's really cute. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. I guess you both say that. I don't know. Mom? She's nodding. She's nodding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, I forgot to talk about this with Ian and Catherine, but he made Catherine's ring box. Yes, out of wood from a maple tree in the front yard he cut down. Um, yeah. And I think wood from, that was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that's still special because it was the front of the yard from where Ian and I have grown up since 1999, so. Yeah, and there was a hammock there, and y'all played in those trees. Yeah. So, very thoughtful. So, gift-giving, but not in a materialistic way. Just... No, more of a thoughtful, you know, something behind it than going to the store and buying something. Exactly. Uh, but it's funny because sometimes it can not, you know, look as good as it sounds because you'll be like, why can you not do the dishes? And he's like, but I brought you peanut M&M's. Yes. <laughs> so, the acts of... He just got home. The acts of service and gifts, you know, that's the difference. It's like how you love each other can come up. All right, since you don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> well, I don't really get it. I guess I have to read the book. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm trying to get you to read it for 10 years. Um, but I also want to talk about a couple of times where Dad messed up. Because one of the things I talk about are red flags. One mm-hmm. of my rules is actually to treat red flags as red flags. And that doesn't mean they do one thing you don't like and you run screaming for the hills. I'm just a proponent of paying attention to things and just and just noting them and not either pretending they're not there or trying to defend them and turn them into something they're not. So just kind of paying attention to red flags. So dad did some things that would have been red flags. So one of which is a story I remember about when he was supposed to come over for dinner while you were dating. Right. We, I was at my brother's house and his wife and, well, their apartment, and we, we were making ma- masticati. I don't know. I don't know if it's 
restuff a shelf. It was really her thing, but I was kind of helping. But it was it was involved dinner. It's kind of like lasagna, mm. you know. Yeah. You, you, you have it's like to. a process. Yes. And he was supposed to come over, and so we cooked for a long time. Yeah. And then he he didn't show up, and he wasn't calling, and so I called him, and he said, "I just ate dinner with my dad." Um, we had pizza or something, and I said, but you were supposed to come over. <laughs> I was upset, real upset, and he was upset because I felt like he got mad at me, but I was like, well, you're the one who didn't do what you were supposed to. But anyway, yeah, so he messed up, and I wasn't happy, and neither did my sister-in-law because he had all this food. He didn't yeah. show up. So... Anyway, later, though, he, he um, and I, I guess he knew I was mad, so later he, at some point, he went out and bought me daisies and wrote a note and put it on, under my windshield wiper. Yeah. He made up. Exactly. That's, that's, I think, what is the key, is that he recognized he messed up and felt bad and tried to do something to fix it, even though you thought the note he was dumping you, didn't you? I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I asked my sister, I'm like, and is he breaking up with me? Are we are we done? She's like, no. It's just worded strange. And I can't remember what it said, but it's basically, you know, sometimes you think something and then um I don't know. You, you think one way and then it it's not that way. So it it was kind of vague, but I don't know, it's probably well he did the flowers and made up that does remind me though you get mad whereas I get cryy and you always tell me that I need to get mad I'm like if I that was under my control I would I just cry yeah and then I need about three days and then I'm over it but I have yet to react and be mad. I wish I could. I wish I could just be mad. Because you were just mad at him. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, ah, but you're just mad, ready ready to be like, all right, bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, that doesn't mean I don't cry, and some things don't make me cry, but I'm typically not a crier. I mean, I cry, no. I cry at actually, movies and stuff. I cry at, a lot of stuff. Back then, I didn't really cry, but it's probably because you weren't eating. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's no tears. Um, yeah, but yeah, usually I, I get mad. You get mad for me, usually. Yes, now. I do. <laughs> yes, hunt them down. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that was one thing that he did that wasn't great. And then you used to not love the way he would act in, like, party settings. That, he still does it. And that's one of the things <laughs> that I've gotten used to because it's you like... he's going to walk in <laughs> and say, you talking shit about me? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, he, we, he would invite me to a party and we would go together and then... The next thing I know, I'd look around and he's gone. So I know no one there. These are his friends. His, and uh, like I said, I was shy. So, you know, going up and introducing myself and talking to people just was not going to happen. <laughs> so I stood there alone 
thinking, where did he go? So, uh, then, you know, I found him. He was just talking to someone. And he did that every party. I don't care whose party it was. And like Ian, he can... he. Raining talk the paint off the wall. He can talk to anyone and anything. He can do it. He works a room. Yes. He would have been a really good politician. So, he, and he does that at any event. Family reunion. Funerals. (laughs) I mean, I've been to a funeral and he's left me and he's talking to me and I'm just like, I'll just go here and cry in a corner. And yeah. So, I just... Now, I, whenever we go anywhere, weddings or any, anything, I'm shocked when I see him. You know, when he comes up and stands by me or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Go talk to other people. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, okay. But, yeah, that was, that was hard because I'm like, you brought me. Why are you leaving me? But it was, he, just, he just wants to go talk to other people. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm like, no, I want to sit next with you, be with you. I came with you. I don't know these people. Mm-hmm. You know, I shy until you get to know me. So, you know, it was his job to introduce me, but he didn't. So, anyway, yeah. He still does that. It's pretty funny. It is. Well, <laughs> it is now. Back then... I was like, are you embarrassed to be seen with me? Why? Yeah, actually, yeah. I Why are you, like, deserting me? And no, no. He, it didn't even occur to him. No. It's just like, he went, he's there to work a room. Yeah. So how are you not yeah, thinking was, what he's thinking? I don't know. It was bizarre to him to just stand stand there. You know, he, he people are here. i got to go talk to him. No. <laughs> um, well, what do you think... And I know that you guys say you don't really have advice for me anymore on a lost cause, but um, no, you don't say that. I say that. You do say you don't have advice, though. Anymore. No, we don't give advice anymore because <laughs> none of it, 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 none of it's valid. What, what, how we dated, how we grew up, mm-hmm. what we knew is how how you dated does not apply. You know, there, there's, it's not that there's rules. It's just with the internet and these dating sites, you you just there the access to people is just it's ridiculous. You can you can find anyone and meet a hundred people in a week, you know, or match up or whatever you do. Right. And when we grew up we you met someone blind date, you know, school, job, work, you know, you went and visited someone. It was that's how you met people. So the pool for dating was much smaller. Mm-hmm. And so now, and then being the internet, you meet them, there's no, there's no connection. There's no accountability. Like, I think that's the, the no accountability. Yeah. You, you know, because there were still jerks, you know, right. there were still people, you know, that would go out like girls and guys who, ghosting, right? You got ghosted, but it didn't, it wasn't kind of the same. They just would never call you after a date, right? Yeah. And yeah. The, he would just be a jerk. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, yeah. And then, you know, they didn't care if their buddy didn't talk to them. You know, later they'd make up or whatever. Or mm-hmm. They didn't. So, but now it's, you're anonymous, you know, until you meet them. And, but you don't have any connection with them. And... 
and they don't care. It's they don't they they don't care. There's nothing vested. So they'll treat however you want because they can go home and you know or just pick up their phone and match up with fifty girls or boys. And yeah, so they don't they don't care. They don't care how you feel. They don't care what they do. So our advice doesn't work because there's it's outdated and when when you can match up with a hundred people in a week or fifty or even ten um, you don't you don't need to be nice you don't need to you know even act human mm-hmm. you know if you don't want to because you know you're not breaking a law Right. And the, you don't know anybody they know, and you don't meet them, and if you do, oh, well. So it's sad. It's really sad. But I guess that does lead to, so I call you, I used to call you guys for advice. Mm-hmm. I still say I'm calling you for advice. And we still say we're giving advice, but we're <laughs> out of the advice business. It's not really advice anymore. Uh-uh. There's not... The playbook has changed. Yes. Dramatically. Yeah, I think, you know, what your experience have, have shown me is that I don't I don't understand most of the guys today. Yeah. Um, they're more jerks than what I had initially thought. Uh, they don't seem to care about girls' feelings. They don't seem to be in the game to find somebody right um and i think that there's too many games being played by the guys to try to figure out where they're coming from what what are they thinking you used to be able to say well a guy thinks like this mm-hmm. but can't do that with today's guys no because i think and i don't think it's a i don't think it's a generational thing other than it's a phenomena with the way that people date today right it's because it's all age ranges Mm -hmm. it's whoever is in the dating pool right right that's how they're behaving right so that leads me to believe it's mechanisms of communication and not age related right that's why i said it's not generational i agree with that right because i've dated some in a higher age range and they're still stupid right right they don't I think because of today, how easy it is to electronically communicate that they don't have to communicate with any social skills. Since they don't have to communicate with any social skills, then they can, they, they don't have to have their heart in it or worry about hurting somebody's feelings. It's just, they don't even care. Right. There's no like grace. Right. Do you have any like favorite or not even favorite but, like, of my dating stories that you're, like, I don't know, shocked by or, like, you're kind of most memorable or... Well, the one that went running away and screaming. As he I wasn't said. screaming. <laughs> On the sidewalk. Might as well have been, but that he wasn't. Was, that, I mean, it's you... really funny because you could laugh at it. <laughs> but it was horrendous at the time. And Do you remember when I called you? Yeah, I do. And I was like... I didn't know what to tell you. So when I don't know what to tell you, I hand the phone to daddy. <laughs> it's like, you need to talk her down. Because, you know, I just want to go down there and hunt him. <laughs> and, yeah. 
beat him. Um, so, yeah, you, <laughs> you've had some interesting stories. You've tried all different ways to meet people, and you've met some, like, <laughs> that one where you were, when you lived in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and you were getting ready for a date, and you hadn't been on a date in a while, it was, like, one of the first ones after you graduated college. Okay. And you bought shoes and pants, so you were taking pictures and sending them to me, but you, by mistake, was sending them to the guy. Yeah. That? <laughs> that was funny. I Anyways. not only did that, but I screenshot his dating profile <laughs> to send his name and info to you, and I sent it to him. <laughs> we actually dated for a while, though. Mm-hmm. You know, learned a lot through that one. Was right. where I learned about gaslighting and yeah. narcissism, and because that was my first online dating relationship, and it was my first relationship, like you said, out of college. But it was pretty funny because I did some things that, if I did those things now, like I might stop talking to the guy. Like I, you know, I said, Jolie, do you have something you'd like to share yes. with the class? What? Um. If I sent a guy a screenshot of his dating profile today, I don't even, it would, I'm much more jaded now. So my reaction, I think, would be a lot less, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'd be like, that's for the police later. <laughs> like, I'd be like, this is our trail. You know, Joe. <laughs> Call out to the Netflix series. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty good one where I screen shot pictures and sent them to him um the one where he ran away I feel like now I kind of just call you guys and like present the evidence and then sometimes I'll cry because I'll after like hearing it out loud like the guy recently who unmatched me as soon as I walked in the door yeah I call I just called out a shock and then I was like oh wait no that did hurt my feelings yeah yeah you have that one You, you know the different ones that I don't even know. It's, it's all blur. You had, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, they just, they aren't what they say they are, you know? And you just don't understand them. I have the one who I'm still friends with who went over for the, like, Netflix and chill when it legitimately... That was, so when I first started online dating in 2016, getting ghosted, Netflix and chill, we didn't even call it Netflix and chill because it legitimately was going somewhere and watching Netflix and I ugly cried to Moana. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like full on snot, sobbing on his couch, like threw his couch cushion on the floor. Like I was really going through it and he was like, do you want a glass of water? Can I get you anything? <laughs> Um, and we still talk to this day. We're still friends. So, we didn't date. I guess he didn't want to undertake that mess. I don't blame him. That showed me in a bad light. I didn't know the grandma was going to die. Have you seen it? Mm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I think I have. I don't know. She has the little pig. It's a cartoon. Yeah, but it made me cry. Okay. 
It made me ugly cry. I didn't know. I thought it was going to be all cute and stuff. No one, no one warned that. Yeah, they should have had a warning. Yeah. At least somebody should have posted on Facebook with a warning. But anyway, yeah. And sometimes you tell me that you... Oh. Jolie! She wants to get involved. Um, that you don't like to ride the roller coaster of the trying to analyze yes. what they said and what they did. And that's kind of, though, how I started to come up with the rules. Right, right. Yeah. And we, me and your dad would try to give explanations because how, how could someone be this way? You know, there must be a reason or, you know, maybe they're just busy or not feeling, I mean, you, you can do excuses and you think, you know, it has to be something because people aren't going to be this cold and callous and brutal and nope, they are. So we just, it's like, yep, I don't know what to tell you. So, don't get it, but, yeah. But that kind of overanalyzing and thinking about it is, I start recognizing patterns. Yeah. And yeah, because you, you have to know why. You have to know why. <laughs> you can't, you got to cry and know why. So, <laughs> there's three days of, ooh. But it really is. It's like 72 business hours and I'm back at it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then she's back. I, I, I was like, why do you, why you keep dating? Because, dang. <laughs> But, uh, well, what else am I going to do? So, yeah. You're a glutton for punishment. You just keep at it. I admit that. Yeah. But I haven't cried over one in a long time. Yeah, I think you've um, you've grown a thicker skin. You've also, I think, you've also learned to not pet those puppies. Just not get involved. Um, not get attached. Yeah. Just say mm-hmm 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 okay you know and then prove me right or wrong right you know because you're gonna say whatever exactly but I don't and, get excited right from what they just like say yeah so you've just yeah but you keep trying I do I mean now I've, now I say it's data for the podcast which is bad like I actually am trying to date like I don't you know, want to go to weddings by myself forever and be the only one in our family not married because, you know, Grandma says she's going to die before I have kids at this rate. So I legitimately am trying to um, date. But it helps me feel better when I say it's for the podcast. Like, that helps me get over it a lot quicker. Yes, and this is a good podcast. I think this is a good idea because you weren't telling people because you... I feel we're embarrassed. I was embarrassed. And you thought it was you. I did. And it, you're not going to tell people, oh, because one, you're embarrassed, but two, you don't want them to go, oh yeah, it is, cause it is you. It yeah. is you. Yeah, we've had a problem with you for a long time. Yeah. You cray cray. So, then, but then, when you talk to some of your other friends, it's like, it's like abuse, like I've said. You know, people don't talk about abuse. Yeah. Whatever kind it is. Um, until... You bring it up, and then they might slip something out, and and then the next thing you know, they're talking about it. It's like this happens to you, so it isn't just me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's happening all across the board. Yep, to yeah. everyone. Yeah, to Talk. my successful friends, which most of my friends are successful. You know, um, to my well, I always do the comparison of like you know my my thin and fit friends. So it's not just the way my body looks. Like, right, um, it's it's all. 
all of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to listen to what he says because I might have to cover the mic. I don't know what he's going to say. He's not going to say anything bad. He's a smart man. But he might tell more than he needs to tell. I don't think so. Well, we'll see. I think, if anything, he'll criticize the way I date. <laughs> Out of, and not not to insult me, but he, you know, sometimes it's like, you need to not invest so much emotion. True. Which I've gotten better at. Yes. A few years ago, my approach to life in general was give people a chance. But but the guys are benefit of the doubt, right? But the guys are turning it, making it more soured. Mm -hmm. I I don't like that feeling, but you can't you can't give the guys the benefit of the doubt at all. No, because if they do have good intentions, I think I haven't experienced it yet. But my Mm -hmm. understanding would be that. They would prove it. Like they would. Right. They they would, they would text you. Where yeah. are you? They would do this. They, they would, would turn do that. it around. Right, right. Even mom was telling an example of when you guys were dating and you messed up, didn't come to the dinner. Mm-hmm. The aunt Rhonda, but then you put flowers on her car. Like you. Right. You know, you messed up, acknowledged it, and tried to do something to fix it. I think now the piece that we're missing is the acknowledging it, the accountability, and the doing something to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, I guess that I could add that as a rule. Like, you're not being harsh on the guys. You know, it's not not giving them a chance. If it's legitimate, if their dog died, grandma died, and car died, they can turn it around. Well, it, right. I, you, could, you could look at it like giving them a chance, but instead of waiting for them to do something, it's if they do something, then that's the chance but you're not waiting around for them to do something exactly you're not waiting for the if they have to deliver and that's what's missing today yep that's a good point and then you just go from there right as opposed to being like well he probably yeah yeah here's here's why he would do that or here's you know blah 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 and that's that's what that's the business we're out of is here's why it's like, now it's like, yeah, that didn't work. Right. And I think I used to come to you guys with a lot more emotion. I was very emotionally invested. Well, no, not really. You don't, you, you're not emotional. Not at all. Never. Not ever. <laughs> Is this pretend? Yeah, no, I'm saying I used to come. <laughs> you're be... an emotional wreck. <laughs> not... <laughs> okay. I, but I've gotten better is what I was saying. Your emotion is redirected, yes. <laughs> How's it redirect? What do you mean? It's, instead of crying, it might be the intensity is placed somewhere else in another emotion. <laughs> so I say I'm going to put this on the podcast is what I say now. Right. Is that what you mean by the redirect? It might be, the emotion might be more anger. It might be more lashing out. It might be more complaining, bitching. You just, it's, it's the emotion. It's, it's like pushing on a balloon. You know, you push in here, it's going to go out there. And that's the emotion. So the emotion isn't any less whatsoever. That is, it's a redirect. I don't buy that. <laughs> I told mom you were going to call me out about that. <laughs> I I feel like I've grown 
to where, okay, at least the window of time I cry about it has significantly lessened. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Right. Instead of being distraught. And, and you should pull the thread with some of your professional people that are going to call in one day on, on your podcast. Pull the thread with them on, on what is it? Is it a period of mourning? Is it a period of embarrassment? Is it a period, you know, what, what is the emotion that you're struggling with and dealing with? And, and what is the 10 step, 12 step rule that you're applying to get through it? And, and yeah, instead of 12 steps over 12 days, it might be 12 steps over 24 hours. Yeah. It's gotten significantly. Right. I don't mean you're over it in a day, but. It's just a matter of a few days instead of a couple of weeks. business hours is what is I what say. <laughs> That's what I say now. And then I'm, it's in a lot of it I feel less because it takes a lot more for me to get attached now. So. Yes. You, you do get emotionally involved very quick. Compared to you. Yes. 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 But. Because I'm a don't. Pet the puppies kind of guy. I know. Mom says it too. <laughs> Don't pet the puppies. Um, and I just keep trying. I want a puppy. <laughs> but I haven't brought one home in a really long time. No. <laughs> you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't pet the puppy. <laughs> You'd go outside. Be like, put that puppy outside. Yeah. Dog needs to be outside. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, say that to the next one I bring up. It probably needs to hear. Get outside. Yeah, chain you up, put you on a cat leash. Right. Um. Anyway, I but I do call and kind of vent about even that one that the most recent shocking thing that happened was when I was matching with the guy on the dating app, messaging back and forth. Mm -hmm. We did not exchange phone numbers. We were just messaging on the app. We message. We go there actively on the app haven't even closed the app we had said he told me what he was wearing he knew what i was wearing which is my cheetah scarf that stands out Mm -hmm. and said where he was sitting in the bar and i go inside hadn't closed the app out yet and said this match has expired he unmatched me right and because that was our only form of communication i had no other way to reach out to him he was just a white guy at the bar. I had no idea which one to like go up to and tap on the shoulder. Right. And at that rate, it wasn't worth it to me. Correct. So I turned around and left. Because um, kind of like you said, I guess maybe in the back of my mind, I could have thought it was a setup. I didn't think about being on video. Mm-hmm. That's new for me to stress about. But thank you. Um, <laughs> but I did just, I was like, it's not worth it. I'd rather just cut and move on. Um, then try and see which one he was or see if he's waiting in the bathroom. Yeah, don't, you don't, you don't figure it out. It's either going to work or it's not. And, you know, that evening it it just wasn't going to work. I think the lesson learned from that one is you should not let him know you're on your way. Yeah. You should enter the bar, enter wherever you're meeting, coffee shop, it doesn't matter. And be there for a while. And then if they say, hey, where are you? You can say run a little late, mm. wait for somebody that you either think is atrociously ugly to walk through the door and say, I'm here, see see who gets up and goes, 
or wait for somebody beautiful to walk through the door and say, I'm here and see what they do. So just really completely run an experiment. Yeah, why not? I mean, I do say I'm collecting data now. Mm -hmm. You are. I, I mean, it's a numbers game. Yeah, that's what I told you, so... You told me that years ago, and ever yeah. since then I've been... There have been a couple anomalies where thought it was something different, but mm -hmm. for the most part, run the numbers. But I remember when I called you, and this was just a couple weeks ago, I called you guys both and said what had just happened. Like, he unmatched me, and you guys at first, like, the first couple minutes of the conversation were he, um, like, something was wrong with the app, or how do you know the timing was your question. Mm -hmm. um, was how do you know it was because you walked in. Right. And I explained it. And then in, instead of going further and trying to defend his actions, it was like, yep. nope. Yeah, it's like, yep, you're right. And it's, you know, hurtful, but right. not, there's no point in dwelling and trying to dissect yeah. it and think about it. It's easier to just be like, he was a jerk, saw me walk in, right. made the choice to do what he did. Right. So then it becomes, okay, how does she safely get back home to cry? <laughs> I know. I did. I cried in the parking garage for a little bit, and then I was mad. Right. I told you I was waiting for my crazy switch to flip, but it didn't. Right. You said, don't do that. Right. <laughs> I was like, I wish I was crazy and would wait for him to get in his car and slash his tires, but... Not worth it. Hadn't, switch hadn't flipped yet. So, not worth going to jail over. Right. Or being on a YouTube channel now, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think... Even before cell phones and stuff, I th I think it's I think it's a good strategy or a good way of living if people would behave differently if they thought they were always on camera. Yeah. And and what's funny is nowadays with the uh, the ring devices and other electronic devices, mm -hmm. everybody is on camera. It doesn't have to be a, a a video, you know, a phone camera. It can be be a security device. Absolutely. By anybody. It can be dash cams on people's cars. Well, in all my true crime stuff, there are, if somebody's taking a picture of a crowd, they've asked, you know, whoever took a picture to turn it in, and they might see something in the background of that. So even if the person you are there to meet does not have a video camera in your face, it doesn't mean it's not being recorded. Right. So what I like to do is I kind of like to live my life like people are watching me. Because mm -hmm. God's watching me. Mm -hmm. So it just just makes sense. I think people would behave differently if they thought the world was watching them, kind of like the Truman Show. Yeah. But he didn't know. And and like you said earlier, you know, we're at we're out of advice because we don't understand. I mean, I got lucky with your mom. Uh, we were teenagers when we first met. I went off to college, and she still liked me when I came back, and she saw me and and. I fell in love with her again. And so we, we've had a great love story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over 30 years of marriage and still in love. And she still makes me happy. And hopefully I still make her happy and, and stuff. And so how do you do that today? You know, how did we do it without, with, without the modern day communication mechanisms? It was right. long distance communications. It wasn't cell phones. We didn't. Uh, when I went off to college, I didn't even have a phone in my dorm room. We had a hallway phone. And wow. It was a pay phone. And there weren't uh, uh, 
there weren't phone cards. Uh, so you, you find a way to make it work. Yeah, you do. And, and in today's easy to communicate world, I, I don't think people are working hard. They're not putting in the effort. Not at all. Doesn't seem like it. That's what it comes down to is the effort. Right. And then people seem to be getting meaner. So you get that collision of technology and communication mechanisms and, and people themselves and you get people treating other people mean. I know my friends and I get excited for way low bar yeah. treatment. I yeah. mean, just acting like well, a second, I'm an actual a human. First date, a first date is a low bar. Yeah. A second date is a low bar, but super exciting. Yeah. And a third date, you're yeah. getting married. Like, <laughs> you can get a third date within a reasonable amount of time. Right. And they still talk to you the next day after that. Like, it's ridiculous. You're in it. Yeah. That's, but that's what we get excited about now mm-hmm. because it's so not the norm. Right. I have no problem getting first dates. I know some of my friends, and hopefully I'll get to talk to them. They don't even get to the first date level. I think they're mm-hmm. spending more time talking to them on the app. But mm-hmm. for me, as someone who's an emotional wreck, as you said, I don't like <laughs> to do anything that puts me in danger of becoming emotionally invested. And to me, right. messaging someone constantly for two weeks, I'm getting invested. Right. Well, in the modern day guy, that's probably all he wants. Yeah. Pen pal. Right. That's it. That's safe. That's mm-hmm. not real. Mm-hmm. It's just electronic. Yep. He can be talking to AI on a computer. Who knows? Exactly. Well, that's, yeah. He doesn't, doesn't care. Matter. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, so this podcast, I think, will help identify it um, and help people, well, women, because we're women. But, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's another side to this. I'm sure there are some, you know, guy stories out there oh i can't wait to hear because yeah. we well we talk about and that i don't trope. know if they would they would i i think you'll have a harder time getting guys to talk about it because of their pride you know guys are still prideful they may not want to share but some well will. And that's why i wanted to create this space like it's you know first and foremost about my own experiences because kind of like you said I've had some really, I don't know if dramatic is the right word, but I've just had some crazy shit happen to me that I'm like, are you for real? Like, did this, did this really just happen? Did he really say that? Um, and I can laugh at it and make other people laugh. And like you've said, and some of my aunts have said, they're like, I don't know. Like, that would be devastating to me. Oh, yeah. If I experienced, and I said, well, I have two choices. Be miserable about it and hate myself or it's funny yeah and to me that's it like there's only two choices like i guess i could be a nun well you're not catholic so that (laughs) might be a drawback okay you could be a monk maybe i don't know are there women monks yeah i think so i think they have they're called something else though Anyway. <laughs> Definitely not <laughs> Jesuit, but okay. Yeah, I think that's from Damon. But anyway, um, yeah, so I think this will be good for women, and then hopefully maybe things will change. I uh, hope eventually. You know, get it out there, people discussing it. And, I mean, you women, if you band together, mm-hmm. you know, you may not be able to do anything about it onesie-twosie, but you band together, and hopefully you can change. 
I think account- accountability is a big thing. And I do want to hear a guy's side of the story because you always hear, like, oh, well, women are crazy. And, you know, I have heard ones and two offs. So I'd like to hear those stories where they are crazy. Like, okay, guys, why do you just ghost and you don't, you know, tell someone or... Or girls have ghosted them. Or girl, you know, I right. don't think it's all one way. It's no, just, it's not. This Absolutely. is what we know. Exactly. So and from my experiences. Right. And but I'm sure that there are guys who've been ghosted or treated poorly by girls. It's it, But we just, still even yet, the guys are in control of dating. I mean, I think even after all these years, it's that is still a fact. Mm-hmm. So you would think that it wouldn't be, but it is. Because this is a podcast, you're having it, your friends are all telling you. Yeah. So, so it kind of goes to show that it is predominantly And males. I have had a couple guys reach out to me, and I think that ratio is pretty accurate. Like, you know, say like two out of the ten. So if ten people respond to me asking for dating stories, eight will be women and two will be guys. So the stories do exist. And I want to hear those viewpoints. And the stories are very valid. I just think the ratio is still skewed. Well, yeah, because they they might have had it happen to them one or two times. Right. But not on a weekly, depending on how often you're on the sides <laughs> or dating. I know. I mean, you, you've done, you know, serial dating like <laughs> five times in one week. So they, I don't think, because men are more in control mm-hmm. for some reason. So... I think so. Was there anything else that you can think of that I haven't brought up? No, but if I do, we can always I can come back. Yeah, we can we can revisit. So. Okay, I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks and good luck. I know this is going to be a success. I hope so. Um.